Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. Today, um, hopefully we have some games to talk about, right? Yeah, 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 no, right, right. No existential dread this week, or crises of relationships, or agony-based conversations this week. Wondering if we're fully mature and grown up enough for the roles (laughs) we found ourselves in. Wondering if we're just, you know... Struggling like everybody else might be. Very, very important milestones such as getting one's driver's license are <laughs> are uh, a small quiet. Wait, what? You don't have your driver's license? No, yeah, of course I have my driver's license. <laughs> Super duper easy. Everyone has their driver's license. Yeah, I think this is what we established last week, right? Is Americans are a hazard not only to the world in a political way, but also on the roads. Americans slide out of the womb with their driver's license. <laughs> George, do you still have your learner's permit? Is this that what we- Oh my fr- no, no, I, I didn't even bring it up. I, <laughs> Show us your ID. Gretzko brought it up. Show us your ID. Get it <laughs> out. Prove you are who you are and you are the age you are. It's in my other desk. I can't save this alcohol. Your other to you. desk. <laughs> Oh yes, in the mansion you live in. <laughs> that YouTuber that YouTuber mansion. I have many desks. It's the desk I got from from a different set of parents handing me down their old furniture. <laughs> I need a new desk. I can't fit anything on here. I have like one of those IKEA desks. Snap, I'm snap, looking snap. at I, I mean you've changed like your you know, you got your streaming setup now, so the camera is like behind your monitors. Oh, this is the this is the old webcam I was using. It's just oh, I was okay. using the camera yesterday and I was not gonna set it up when I woke up this morning. I was like, Yeah. Oh. That's fair. <laughs> but now I know how just how like I've just purchased a thirty two inch PC monitor and I've been using that and that is massive, but I'm looking at you and you look like a baby. Compared Compared. to the size of your curved ass monitor and the one (laughs) next to it. No wonder you can't fit anything on your desk. Yeah, I do 32, man. I'm getting old, man. Those boomer eyes, man. I can't. I know. I I know how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't be sitting at those little tiny monitors. I I just I just want to say that I have yet to buy a second monitor because I've always wanted to get a bigger deck. I meant to say, I meant to say desk. <laughs> what? Because because I, I there just, are emails you can get to do that. I, I I just wanted to get a bigger a bigger desk for uh for for that right. So Freudians live on dick. Want to always want to get no, you no I, dick. I I I know how incredibly vital it probably would be for me to get a second monitor and how yeah, that would like for sure increase the productivity and then how many clicks it takes for me to see what I want to see. So that's the thing is I've always used two monitors, but they've always been small, like 15 inch maybe. And and this is what's been holding me back all these years is is that I should have been doing that. Yeah. Now I have one. D- two monitors is like vital if you're doing stuff like what we're doing all the time Mm. but that's the thing is like so i have two monitors technically on my desk attached to two different pcs a work pc and then my own personal pc and i hate like unplugging the hdmi and putting you know so there's two so i just have one singular screen per pc now Mm. and 
I find that with a 32 inch monitor that I have now on my personal PC, that splitting the screen up into like quadrants is actually pretty good. So I have like mm. Google Chrome, you know, big and wide in one, and then Discord in, in a corner over there, and then maybe another like uh, Spotify or something over in the other corner. Huh. And it's like having two monitors, but my singular focus, my neck, isn't craning to the left or right all the time. And it's like, I'm straight on with my monitor quite often. And yeah, I I like it this way. I don't think I want to change it now. Are you putting us in the left or the right side of your screen? So you currently, you're in my dominant area. So uh, usually like the left portion from starting left to maybe... 60, 65% of the screen is from left to right. So, so, so you're in you're my dominant always, left. You're, you're always pointed in the right direction. I am. And then on yes. that side, in the, in, the, in the other remaining 35%, let's say, is the, the podcast outline document that we use that right, right. makes us sound professional, but I don't think Matt's ever opened it. <laughs> I mean, it it's literally full of spam mail right now. <laughs> we got yeah, a lot absolutely. of emails. <laughs> so I thought that this email was a a question from a fan, right? I opened up our, our inbox today and I saw a subject line that had some emojis that said, "Is Final Fantasy VII the best game or not?" question mark question mark. And I don't know how in the world they got me. I don't know why they got me. I don't know how this thing makes money, but I thought it would just be fun to read this. What this is not a dad email. This is literally just spam in our. Yes. Ami and Al Huyada from Yemen says <laughs> some of the pros, a good jump in graphics with general design and world fast games are full of exciting moments. <laughs> to combine fighting with swords with the use of action is smooth and fast. The game still keeps its story with the better display development than before. Weapons and capabilities. <laughs> click here for click here to know more about the game. Click here knowing whether or not it is the best this year. Knowing the best and most wonderful tricks of the game. Download <laughs> the game for free more. Click. Don't hesitate. You won't lose anything. Click here. <laughs> He's trying. Oh, she's trying, at least. Or it. I don't know if it was a, a human yeah. being. And then... AI, man. It's AI. <laughs> what pronouns do you use if it's an AI? Is that a they? A they and it. We got another interesting one that was weird that I read this morning from a Russell Turner that seemed genuine. It was like, hello there. I've been on the lookout for some artworks in regards to my wife's birthday, which is just around the corner. I actually observed your works on Google, which I found quite impressive and intriguing. I must admit you're doing quite an impressive job and good at what you do. I would like to purchase a piece of your works as a surprise gift for my wife in honor of her forthcoming what? 50th birthday. It could be any style of painting, abstract, contemporary, etc. and color, but medium size or large. However, I would greatly appreciate if you could possibly recommend a few completed pieces. Kindly send some pictures of your pieces of work with their respective prices and sizes. My budget for this is in the price range of $500 to $2,000. I would nice. like to know if you would accept a check as means of payment. 
Nice. Russell. I think Russell either is real and completely <laughs> no misunderstood where the hell he was sending that email or uh, he, his email address doesn't seem like a spam email address either. Check. Who uses fucking checks? Yeah. Who wants a few photos of pieces? This <laughs> is the impact that our art has on people, you guys. <laughs> He's just yeah. imagining it and we're painting a picture with words. That is, yeah. that is what's happening here. He listened to us talk about Agaretska and he was like, dude, I got to pay these guys $500 to $2,000 so they can paint me a picture with words for his 50th birthday, his wife's 50th birthday. Not, not him, but, but his for wife. a gift, an act of kindness wow. that he is improving his world with. So should we send him something? <laughs> Should we reply? <laughs> Just send him a picture of the three of us. And we're like, we can paint. We can paint this for two thousand dollars. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> right, right. He he also gave like a price window. Okay, so this is happening. So this is going to be a, a okay. new segment of the show. Okay, so <laughs> replying to spot spam emails. Yeah, dear Russell, thank you for your interest in. Our oh. work. Oh we my god! Love each week. Painting. I hear. Oh, this kills with me. Our <laughs> words. So now the keyboard noises are are a good thing. That's part of the joke. <laughs> everyone, everyone at home's laughing their asses off at how funny it is hearing the keyboard noises. If emphasize things, if you would like to kindly pay us. $2,000 for a piece of work we would love nothing more than to make your wife's birthday her 50th the most special of days. Tell them that this year dad's showing up. This year dad's Oh, the dad's up. are showing up. Yeah, the dad's. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dad's are showing up. Please send three checks <laughs> to California, <laughs> Atlanta, Japan. and Japan. What what photographs should we attach to this email? Just the just the uh, just the artwork for the show. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you take a crappy cell phone picture? Of the artwork on the screen instead of like like oh I know I know it has know. to be a photograph oh. of right 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 we we really want to accentuate how bad we are at making this artwork that he's paying us two thousand dollars for. <laughs> not, then that's just... I thought of something better. I have a picture saved of a Sonic OC character called Eric. <laughs> I'm gonna send that. Oh my god! Much love, the dads. Or sons. It depends if I, I guess it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Wednesdays are crazy. <laughs> okay. Now, how many viruses does my PC now have? Oopsie whoopsie. It mm -hmm. turns out you accidentally sent a picture of your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wait, I'm gonna post I'm gonna post the a screenshot of the email into our Discord so you guys can see this uh glorious 
Eric the OC that I sent along. Uh, I for those see listening at home, Oops, please, I put it into uh, general. <laughs> please, please follow along the uh, description timestamps with your. I'm your sure links. we'll attach said screenshot somewhere. <laughs> oh no! This. <laughs> this. Thanks, Russell. I was oh, about to say this poor man, but there's a chance God. that it's probably not, and is it's just phishing spam mail mass sent Most to everyone. Definitely, but we were the beauties who replied. <laughs> Eric the Hedgehog. <laughs> Eric the Hedgehog. Of all the like angry <laughs> dick pics this guy probably gets, at least at least he can have a nice chuckle from ours. Yeah, he might be a huge fairy. And Eric the Hedgehog might be one that he was looking for, for him and his wife to enjoy together. Speaking of trying to find fulfillment <laughs> in life. Oh, God. Getting older all the time, George. I'm, I'm younger in my mind, but not much else. <laughs> not much else. Things are starting to shut down. George's bladder has been shut down for years. I, I did not I did not drink a bunch of coffee before this one, so I think we might be good on that regard. What but, but but what 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 I am gonna have to try to stretch and squeeze is some way to talk about video. <laughs> I know, right? I got lots of video games to talk about. Come on, Liam, take it away. <laughs> we'll jump right into it first because you guys all have also been playing a little bit of it. I think. Um, no, I know you have tried. Yours, right? I think tried. Matt Matt tried. I mentioned last week that I. Downloaded Crusader Kings 3 because it's, you know, it's on Xbox Game Pass. And I started playing it and I was, I was having a whale of a time. I didn't get far. Uh, and since then, there is another game I'll talk about that has predominantly taken most of my time. Tony Hawk. Um, but yeah. I have played a fair bit more of Crusader Kings 3. And anybody who is playing it, I am, yes, playing the tutorial lineage <laughs> characters from oh. Ireland. Oh, that's cute. I was playing it for three hours this evening, and I completely lost track of time. I was having, a, I was having an awesome time. I am admittedly absolutely terrible at this game, for sure. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so I'm most of the time pausing a lot, taking everything in, and then making decisions, and then fa- you know hitting the space bar and fast-forwarding time, and then... Pausing the game and being like, okay, what do I do? Uh, I declare war on this guy, marry my cousin to my other cousin, um, declare war on the King of England, <laughs> even though he's vastly more superior than I am. Um, yeah, let's do this. But even then, still having a great time. How are you guys finding it? I didn't play it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I dabbled. I told you that it was like a U- UI nightmare for me. I was okay. just like, ah, yeah. I'm good. The UI takes, I mean, even now, I'm still like, oh, wait, I didn't see that. I didn't know how to change my vassals out. So, I, like, it kept saying, a high-pointed vassal wants a council seat. And I was like, I don't even know how to change the council. It's a, it's a lot. The terminology to learning that from scratch as a dumb American is, the worst is, is the names. The names they're talking about somebody, and I'm rough. like, I have no idea who that is. You got to know the difference between a duke, a, a, a county, and an earldom, and a fiefdom. There's the difference between a petty kingdom and a regular kingdom. I don't know. I don't and know. a duchy. It's weird because they have colloquialisms for depending on where you are. So, like, 
a county is an earldom in Ireland, yet in the game it's a county, based on English counties, I guess. But in Ireland, the tutorial land, which is so weird because for most of the game they call them counties, and in the tutorial they call them counties, but when you're actually like interacting with them, they're <laughs> earldoms because you're in Ireland. And it's like, oh yeah, ignore that. Don't worry about it. You're just in Ireland, so it's a different name. I will admit the tutorial, I went through all of the tutorial. And I've been playing maybe four hours since past the tutorial with the same character. But I thought the tutorial, considering the, you know the density of this game and what exact how like how do you get somebody to sit down and at least start without being too intimidated? As soon as you turn it on, intimidation is rife. You're you're just looking at it and you're like, oh my god, there's how many countries? There's how many buttons? Have you played a lot of CK2 though? No, so I, this is this is the thing. This is a step up. Believe it or not, this is actually a step up. It's still a lot, and I'm I'm still having similar issues getting into it that I was with the last game. But the third decimal place of percentage points on a massive spreadsheet mm. that takes up the whole screen, like you could but not necessarily had to do in Crusader Kings Two. Yeah, so that's the thing. I like I I have no reference point. I don't particularly play strategy games, but what I like about this is it's almost like a turn-based decision-making game as well as being a strategy mm. epic. Yeah. And I like the political intrigue about it and I like the deceptions you can do and the arranged marriages and trying to build powerful alliances. I really like all of that and I'm enjoying that side of it a lot. It's a merge of RPG and strategy games in much a similar way that a uh, tactics game could be considered a merging of RPG and strategy. Mm. Yeah, it's and it's great because it fits right into my current like want, which is sl like slow paced, able to take my time on a decision, yet give me a lot of boomer brain. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, but it but it gives me a lot of like feedback about that right like it doesn't yeah. maybe doesn't happen immediately but it's very satisfying to make decisions even the minuscule ones because they have yeah, such rippling effects because i think it's just that this is one of those moments where i've actually stuck with something that i've always kind of been slightly interested in to a point where i'm like oh it's paying off because i kind of understand it now and i'm like oh yeah this definitely is for me i'm no good at it and obviously we have a couple of people in the discord playing it and they are like posting screenshots of like what they've been doing with custom characters of us and like mods. And uh, I think Strategineer made a mod of us and like I killed George and we went to war and Matt was murdered or something. But <laughs> like, I don't know how the people can rush so far into like, like he'd already taken over England and stuff like that. And I'm like, I have, <laughs> I have two duchies, duchies, whatever you call it in Ireland. And I'm slowly becoming the king of Ireland. And that is, that is so sad. Satisfying, but I'm self-professed very bad at this game. But I'm having a great time. Considering how much is in the game, I think the tutorial, if you stick with it, it does take like an hour to two hours, depending on your speed. But I think it actually does a good job of at least explaining to you where everything is that you need to know and what the kind of things you're going to be doing. It's not telling you how to play the game, but it's telling you that this is what the game contains. This is the decisions you're going to be making. This is how war works. This is how religion works. This is how this works. And then it has like a little cross at the top that has like a like a list of suggested things you can do. And basically then you can just base everything off of that. And um, 
then you then once you start doing that and you get a bit more comfortable, you then start spinning off and doing your own little little things. And then that's when you're dipping your toes into understanding that the game is about you just taking control and deciding where to go. There is no win state. There's no nothing. You just have your own goals that you want to achieve. And my goal is to become the king of Ireland and then take over my home county of in Wales and I will have achieved my goal. And that is incredibly satisfying. And I think that is where I will butt in here because that is exactly my problem is finding a good goal, a good long-term project to uh, commit myself to and get myself hooked into those Mm. three hour sessions where I lose track of time because I can feel it. I'm at the cusp of something like that happening. But um, what ended up happening is I did the tutorial, was very, very grateful for how how much shorter and more comprehensive that stuff is in this game than the last one. Then played a little bit more with the uh, the the Petty Kingdom of Monster. I didn't really know what to do. I played a bit as some random dot I threw on the map, and I ended up being a um a a a, a Raj in India with a completely butt naked topless wife. For some reason, that's a thing. You're you're. <laughs> If if you pick one of the Indian rulers, you get a chance that your wife is just like actual M rating nips out nudity. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, what? I, don't, I don't. I don't know what historical fun or depressing factoid they're diving in there for that one, but they're like standing there at the court in your character portrait window with with her her sixty year old boobs out. It's uh. Uh, quite shocking to the senses, considering how extravagant the 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 man's regal attire is. Then I, I restarted a campaign a third time as uh, Matilda, the Duchess of Tuscany, and with her, I think I'm going to commit to it. She actually has some of uh, those those issues that pop up at the beginning of the campaign that get you going into some interesting places. It seems like what they want her to be doing is flirting with the. <laughs> the Holy Roman Empire <laughs> while um trying to to man manage your own family at home. I do have a hard time finding a goal for that. They're very, very yeah. open-ended games where your actions can be limited in like scale, but not necessarily scope. Like if you want to be an ambitious ruler in this game, it's such a long, arduous process. If you want to live a fun, exciting life. There's more outlets to have there, but I don't know how to get started on either project. So I will admit, I do feel like I'm having a lot of fun because where I'm playing, which is, you know, the island tutorial, is my area of the world. I understand the UK a lot, and I understand all of the different counties and all of the different areas. And I do feel like because I have some sort of localized ability to understand where everything is and what real <laughs> life reference points is in each different county. You have a, a, a tour. I'm able to plan those goals out. And it's like I was thinking, oh, if I started off in the middle of Siberia or something, I have no idea. Not no idea. Like the more I progress into Europe, I would have an idea. But the more I go, you know, eastwards, I mm-hmm. I would be I would just be you know, making decisions based off of alliances and stuff like that. Unless the goal oriented structure becomes less, I think. And and unlike 99% of all other strategy game mentality out there, you can't necessarily think, oh, 
I want to take all this over. What's my next step going to be? Like, you have to be thinking if that's you have to be thinking four generations ahead of time. If mm. uh, if that's your goals here. Yeah. Maybe there's something that I'm finding harder about trying to dig up the excitement of 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 a medieval life of 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 the romanticism for it what what sort of adventure there is to be had there I think there's a lot that you could gain to especially the religious angle of it like it seems like they're trying I don't know cuz I didn't play 2 or 1 for that matter I guess um but it does feel like religion they're trying to they keep giving me tutorials for religious stuff and like the idea of making your own religion and then starting holy wars in the name of your your own religion that you made does sound like a pretty fun goal. I got a pop-up um saying that some uh some some rowdy malcontents in Bohemia had converted to a radical new sect of Christianity that preached that Satan created material itself. So therefore the spiritual goal of every human being is to disconnect themselves from the material world. And I was like, that does not sound like something that would have happened at all. And I was wondering if it was a, if it was a dice roll up from some weird spiritual, the, the make your own religion system. If, uh, if the AI is doing that too. I don't know because like my, I want, so I'm obviously Catholic cause I'm Irish, but the, the bishop I got given is terrible at his job and I can't change him because there's no one to change him, his role out of. And his learning skill is really bad. <laughs> so he's unable to like go out into the streets and preach about Catholicism. So my Catholicism, like my pi- uh, piety score or whatever it's called, like you're, what you're able to, you know, do religious deeds based on is like in the negative, And it's like, I'm, I made one bad decision <laughs> where a friendly, guy on my court had you know premarital sex and birthed a child with a woman and then that put me right close to like sinner level in the eyes of the holy roman empire and let me tell you the holy roman empire where i'm playing is very very large and very very scary <laughs> so the fact that my bishop can't go out and fucking at least sway people and give me some good religious points is a bit shit at the moment so <laughs> it's pretty funny I'm worried about Matt, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Matt, what was it? You downloaded it, and then you just looked at the UI, and you were like, Nah. No. It was the UI <laughs> that got you, huh? I, uh, nah. Uh, it's not my... I don't I don't get into those types of games where it's just like... Where it's just like... It's, like, I don't mind reading. Like, especially with RPGs, I kind of love it. Yeah. Yeah, but, you did disco just fine. You loved disco. I love disco. Oh my god! I, I uh, yeah, this is very different. It's not narrative driven. Nah, yeah, exactly. There's something about disco, you know. But this, this one is just politics and stuff. It's that <laughs> politics is the most boring thing ever for me. Like I just, I'm just not into it. I don't, um, I, I I don't know. Uh, like I, I've I've been doing a lot of warring. I've been, I've like four at least four wars already. Yeah, but it's it's not very visual, right? It's more like you see one guy run across the screen. Oh yeah, it's just numbers going up and down, but it's still yeah. satisfying. 
It's very satisfying. It's like a text adventure almost, right? A good looking text adventure. You know, that's not that wrong because there are hmm. some computer video game text adventures that will do way more complicated dice rolling stuff than you can do in real life with the with the RPG book reading stuff. Um I think you, there's not a lot of random elements though, right? There's a, a lot about the game is what you give in. So the output of what happens tends to be based on where you are focusing yourself, kind of just like what real life is like, right? If you ignore something, it's obviously going to creep up behind you. So a lot about the game is about where you focus, choosing a focus and kind of sticking with it and like going mm. through it. And then you are rewarded or not by stuff happening based on where you're focusing. I like that. It's like, if I want to be a deceitful bastard, then a lot of my ability to sway the world is to forge hidden secrets and to get people murdered without people finding out it's me and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Describing it as politics is so fucking on point. Like this is, it's one of the most real systems driven explorations of what what it's like having land and resources tied to unpredictable personalities with with families like uh the the button that you can press that turns it from the label of like what the territory is supposed to be it's de jure title is what they call it versus who actually owns and operates the the realm is is always pretty eye opening yeah, you can't just like choose to be like, I want to control England and then go and fight a war. England is mm. complicated. England yeah. is a lot of different people with different goals. Yeah, that, and that's that's what's really cool about it. I like it's the like idea England that you in have quotation to, marks. You press the button to turn it into England in quotation marks, and you have to like find the weak link in England and then exploit it and then build from there. And I really like that. I do. Yeah. I do think it's pretty good. Yeah, you don't you can't control the country in this game because no one does. <laughs> like it it's it's a very loose collection of of powerful, unpredictable people. Hmm. And yeah. I have mad respect for for that. I that can concept. I can see now why people spend hours and hours and hours playing this. Like I can <laughs> I can see it. I can yeah. see it entirely because I could turn this on. Like if I was working on another monitor, <laughs> I could totally <laughs> just be like making small decisions now and again and then leaving it and then, you know, going back to what I was doing and like making yeah. some small decisions, seeing the outcome. And, Is it like, all decisions? Like you're not waiting for anything to build or anything like that. Like it's yeah, not. You, you, you do set up stuff and it's like, this will be ready in three years. And you're like, Jesus. Okay, I'll just I'll forget about that. But time goes pretty fast. I'm I'm not great because I think you're meant to like you you meant to move it pretty quickly. But I'm pausing a lot because every time a notification pops up or something, I'm like, oh, what was that? And I, I like slam the spacebar, pause the game, I read every bit, and I'm like, okay, uh, hmm, this guy wants to arrange a marriage with this person, hmm. and then I'd read like all of his different traits and all of his stats. Does he align with my Catholic ways? Hmm. <laughs> he's a vengeful sin. He's lustful. I don't know if this is gonna work out. Oh no, but his opinion of me will drop if I don't accept it. Yeah, I'm like that. So. I'm definitely slow. I mean, my first character hasn't even died yet. And a key part of the game is basically just going through lineages 
of different generations of the same family. You're building a dynasty. So I'm going to be here for a while, I think. Um, but yeah, it's not the game I played the most this week, though. <laughs> how is it? How is Tony? How's, how, how is that old dad? The, the, the raddest dad. Tony is looking fine. Yeah, because like, I was looking at it. It's on. I was like, why is it on Steam? It was the weirdest moment for me. I was just like, it came out, right? And it was on yep. Epic. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's on no. Epic. I felt dirty. I was like, not, not to say I don't download those free games. Uh, for sure. I don't <laughs> no, it's not a free one either. It is officially the first game I've purchased on Epic. Um, and it was a bit of a pain in the ass many, because my Epic account is is a UK based one, and mm. all my payment options are Japan based. So, not unlike Steam, where Steam's like, I don't give a fuck where you are, bruh. Um, yeah. Most of the time, uh, Epic's like, Hey, what's what's no 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 what's what's going on? Uh, where are you? Yeah. You in the UK? You in Japan? What's happening? So why why is it so good? It's Tony Hawk Pro Skater again. Yeah, there are a few bad ones of those. Not that many, but they they yeah because they try to re the game looks nice. All of the levels, you know, are perfect recreations with additional touches on top of them. They feel great, but the game just feels arcadey. Did they went to go back to the like? Oh, it's a hundred percent arcade. It feels exactly the same. The game feel is as good as when you played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. So very like, forgiving. Like you don't fall that much. No, no, it's the opposite. It's really hard. Like it is like you're able to obviously do like 10 kickflips and a grind to a hand plant to a grind. But to beat the game, you need to play it like it's a fighting game. And, you know, I was streaming some in the discord and everyone's shying at me because I, I didn't know because I played Tony Express Gator 2. So it didn't have reverts and, and manual stuff in it that came in the later games that, this one brings in the idea is you're chaining all of that right you're doing huge air stuff and then you're like reverting out into a manual and then doing it and then you grind and then you know you keep building up the grind and jump off and you manual and you grind it is super arcadey because it's so unrealistic and it feels exactly like when you played it back in the day so that sounds like a lot of the fancy street skating um manual stuff they added in four where while doing a manual, you could like kickflip and, and it, it looked like the coolest hype as shit ever, but it also looked completely absurd. It's, it's yeah, it's entirely absurd. It, but it feels like you're, it, once you need to build up big combos, like above like 250k or like 300k, yeah. you are playing a fighting game. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It looks ridiculous. I I am so totally sure no one in real life is physically capable of skating like that but no. that shit that you can pull off in thps4 and onwards is like it's, really it's fun too it's funny you say that because i was watching an advert or like a behind the scenes advert for like uh the game and it had tony hawk in a recreation of the warehouse uh level the first one for tony Hawk's Pro to on and he's like the game gives you a sense of like the fact that you can do whatever. And he's like, but I can I barely hold a board slide for like five seconds. And <laughs> the difference between the game and reality is, of course, absurd. And yeah, we all know that. And Tony Hawk has been this arcade game forever. But the game feel, it's so good. It feels amazing. Like, it's so fun. 
to play that game. Um, I will admit, I didn't realize. I think it's just because when I was a kid, I just wanted to skate, right? So there, I'm in a bit of a duality. I think the game is great, and it's it's one of the best remasters or remakes. I want to it, like it's a full on remake. I think it's presented really nicely. It has loads of customizable options. The way everything's laid out between the two games is great, and it feels great to play. And if you loved Tony Hawk back in the day, you were gonna absolutely love this game. But I'm in a bit now. I'm getting further into the game, like as in I've almost unlocked all of the different levels, and I've almost got all of the different objectives. I'm in this weird space where I don't want to free skate because the skating isn't realistic. So there's no goals, right? There's no like I'm gonna tray flip the stairs and then land a nose slide because that's super easy in this game. But then the alternative is to play the like story modes, not story mode, but the, you know, the main single player content, which is Career. all collectathon based stuff aside from like right. kick flip the gap or something like that. Um, and I'll be honest, 20 years into the future, that's not very fun gameplay it's after like you've checklist. done it. It's just checklist stuff, you know, get skate, get yeah. 10 fire hydrants. What's the alternative? I mean, you do you really well, this want a story is, so mode. This is, so this is the thing. No, I don't want. I don't want American Wasteland. I don't want Tony Hawk's Underground. I have nostalgia for those games, but I actually don't think they're that good. Mm. Um, I want to feel the game like the. It, this is why I'm in a weird duality about it because, like, the skating feels great when you're riding around, like the movement right. and to do the high school stuff. So there is competitions in between normal stages that are collectathon and they want you to do the best combos and like it's not always the longest and the biggest combo you can get but like how much variety in the tricks you put in and how much you don't fall over and all that kind of stuff and they are easily the most fun levels and they're tough because the medal to get the gold medal in the competitions is really hard um and they are easily the most fun segments i wish they'd leaned more into like that kind of stuff. I know it's not in the original games, but I wish there was more like competition stuff because building high combos and like trying to optimize your bet the way like you look at a stage, a level, and you like if I if I go over there, then I can get on that really long rail, and then I could wall plant off there, and I can manual back, and then I can go up the half pipe, and I can grind, and you start building runs in your head, and that feels really good. Because when you're collecting things, the skateboarding is just a means of movement. You don't need to do tricks to collect things. You just right. ride over them or you fly up a half pipe to gather them. And that isn't that great, I'll be honest. Whilst this game is great for skating and like the feel of satisfaction of skating, you can't beat skate. Like this game does not beat skate at all. Oh, man, if you want a game skate, that's like pure dude. skateboarding, and I'm going to 360 foot this stairs and it's going to take me an hour because the controls are tough and also the timing. It's like real but skating. it's satisfying though. It's so satisfying. And the close up on the, on the actual skateboard. It yeah, feels it feels amazing. The gears of war of skating games. <laughs> are, we, are we doing this? Are we going back to 2008 and having a Tony Hawk versus skate? No, because it's in comparison. It's like, it's like saying is... Is yeah. Mario Kart and Gran Turismo comparable? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah. It's the sim versus the arcade. Yeah. And for an arcade game, for an arcade skating game, that is 
full of that nostalgia attitude. It's got an amazing soundtrack with most of the tracks from the original games in it. It's got all of the customization options, decks, clothing, wheels, it's, hats, It's what, what people wanted, right? It's great. The create a skater mode. I, I want to know how crazy you can get, though. You're going to be sorely um, disappointed because oh, they, okay. you, can't, you can't modify the character's face as far as I'm aware. Uh, what about body? You can't modify their body either. Oh, I can't have like a fat Billy Mays here. Unfortunately not. Although Jack Black is an unlockable character in the game, so you can't have a fat character. I, I, I could imagine reskinning Jack Black into Billy Mays. From what you've been telling me and from what I've been, been seeing, it really, I, I'm, I'm, I guess it really comes down to the magic of game feel. Because there were those remakes from yeah. 2012, and I've been looking at uh, video footage since this new one came out. And they look slower. Like, if you put these videos side by side up to the current game, the current game is, is definitely a notch faster. The current game runs like, it runs like butter. It's, it's great. And it looks awesome. I think that your base speed is a little slow, which sucks. Mm. And also, you can't push in this game. I don't know why they didn't give you that option. Like, I guess it's not kick kick the ground yeah you push. know yeah, oh, yeah 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 push yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can yeah, do that in like later games so they took they took some stuff from later games like reverts and, and manuals obviously or revert to manuals but they didn't take stuff like pushing which i feel like when you're on that two minute timer and you're trying to dash around a stage that's another thing obviously every time you play the game it's a two minute timer and then you have to restart the stage, and it can be a little frustrating sometimes. Sometimes you're just like, ah, just like, uh, I just want to collect things. I don't want to be stuck on a timer. Um, and you just press restart anyway, and you get in. But if you could push around like you can in the later games, that that would be a lot better as well. I was a bit frustrated by that. Because you want to hammer the button as well. You just want to... Man, we were talking about what, what the alternative could be to just the checklist. And seriously, you saying just turn the timer off could that just be it is that all they would have needed to do uh, that's me I, I a lot of people said they like the timer and it you know i'm like but if you're gonna just replay the stage anyway i get it for score attack of course for score attack that's that's that makes sense but when you're just trying to collect the things and you're just gonna restart the level anyway it's like what's the point I know exactly what you mean, because in recent years, like I've dug some of these old games out and replayed them. And I actually like this system like for it's so if you if you dust off a Tony Hawk nowadays, you can unlock that shit in like two hours. It's it goes by so, so fast, it's so much uh, faster and easier than having to grind through a story mode or something. But I do. Yeah, hate having to restart every two minutes because there's no consequence for it. It also means that you're hearing a two minute long version of some great classic grungy uh, 90s turn of the millennium era uh, track lists. So uh, how how'd that make the transition over with uh, with regards it's to good. the soundtrack? Yeah, it's good. I mean, all I care about is that Mill and Collins no cigars on there. And it is. So I'm good. Yeah, um, well, there's no bring the noise. So. Yeah, there is. Bring the noise eventually made it in. Oh, never mind. They they changed their mind. Yay! Yeah, never mind. All it, is right with the world. It's in there. What a great year! Yep, <laughs> uh, they so did it. Twenty twenty has been there. redeemed. Um, Bad religions. You, um, Mill and Colin. Uh, the 
No Cigar, uh, uh, no, no, Blood Brothers uh, by Pepper Roach, that's in there. Um, bring the Noise, of course. Dude, if they got Bring the Noise, I'm good. If they got Bring the Noise, they have brought the George. <laughs> brought the George. Yeah, yeah, give me a few weeks for the schedule to clear out or the price to drop or something. I am, I am picking this thing up. This looks, this looks like a great time. Everyone, everyone seems happy to. No one is like... No one gets angry at Tony Hawk. No one is is mad about this. It's such a it's such a font of positivity. It's strange that he he's had bad games, but it like doesn't matter. It's like uh, yeah, you you get it next time. Who can? It's who like can the, hate the attitude Tony towards Hawk. him is so much better than like the usual just like hive mind. I'm angry thing. Yeah, the angry gamer shit. Yeah, everyone loves to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I said it before, and I'll say it again. Even my mom loves Tony Hawk. I just I feel like that's a yeah. testament. It deserves the praise it gets. It feels good. It kind of feels like a AAA game, to be honest. It feels like a big release, and it doesn't scrimp out. Like it has new features, like this challenge thing where you get money for completing challenges. I mean. They're not that great. You know, they are more checklisty stuff, but there is a lot more added to it. I haven't tried out the skate park stuff yet, uh, the custom skate park stuff. But I mean, if you liked Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which, you know, still is one of the highest ranking games on Metacritic of all time and has never moved, um, check it out. You won't be disappointed. I know I I would play it and didn't get tired of it. I know. I know I would. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, if you like have fun on the way, then yeah, I know. Fine. See, this, see, that's the, I don't like. See, th- I don't like that. I don't like that for a sixty dollars game. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to have like three hours of fun. I, I don't know. Like, I guess, but I do want to play it eventually. I think a li- little bit later on, it'll be a nice little, you know, nice little, uh, nice little detour for me. Have Have you played any of the multiplayer, Liam? No, I haven't played any. Because I have heard that there's some meat there this time with this one. That would be good because yeah. I, I'm not really sure how much you can oh. build up upon the single player. Like, I guess you're doing runs and making stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I it's just it's a single player game to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's how it's always been. I'm having a great time in single player. I'd love to try a little try bit. Some, try some maps. Um, some maps out. Some 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 custom maps. See how that is. I don't know if you guys ever played the horse mode from the old games, but that was always a good fun time with a friend where you would try to one up each other's lines. Yeah, I mean, I need to check it out first. And then there's like a weird combination of of map knowledge and, and trick skill and improvisation going on. And then you would have to one up your friend and do something cooler than they did. And some great, great back and forth shit talk and and positive vibes both it is it is good i'm impressed i'm glad i didn't pre down like play the the warehouse demo before i'm glad that i just purchased the game and was like okay let's do this and as soon as you know dropped in could do kick flips again <laughs> it was good <laughs> it feels good and it's not that like heavy on the nostalgia. You're just having fun. You're not like, ah, oh, yeah, this was a great time when I was younger. <laughs> You're just like, ah, oh, this is a, this is a good game. This is a good game. Like yeah. arguably a good game. Does it look noticeably old? 
this is the great thing, and I love that they've done this. All of the original skaters who are back in it are all old, and they they don't de-age them. They're just like oh, yeah. Bucky Lazic, Bob Burnquist, Rodney Mullen. Dudes are in their fifties now, and they look it, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be so weird seeing the uh, like live action video clips they were making. 20 years ago with their little handy cam making it again <laughs> and in the beginning of this game where those same guys are like 50 years old after after you saw this intro movie of footage of them being like anatomically different humans <laughs> uh, so yeah it's good i'm i'm having i'm having some fun uh, but yeah I've, i'm gonna start switching to the free skate stuff and then we'll see how long it lasts not really sure how long it will after that. I, I, it has got me pining for a new skate game. Like it has. I like mm. it just has. I want that satisfying skate. I tried Skate RXL. It was not a good game. <laughs> like it's a, it's a alpha that somehow got a PlayStation Four released at best. Um, I want that skate, that skate fun back. Bring it back. Come on here. I, mean, I think they're doing it, but bring it back. I wonder if we're gonna have uh, have these showdowns again. Competition is good for the business, right? You just gotta wonder though if there's just the the same amount of kids buying extreme sports games in 2020 as there were in the the mid 2000s. I feel like Tony is is different though. I feel like Tony's in its own class because it no matter what, like nostalgia is the reason why the people are buying that game. Like number one. It's nostalgia. Like all all the older guys like us that played it when they're young, they're absolutely driving that that force on Reddit or whatever form you you know message board you're on. It's like, oh yeah, Tony Hawk, fuck. Yeah. Well, Tony are you Hawk. ready for what's gonna happen in like uh, ten years when nothing's gonna be made for us anymore? Yeah, like there's gonna be like remakes of Fortnite or something. <laughs> <laughs> Some <show>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's just gonna be Fortnite season one hundred and thirty-eight. Oh my god, I'm ready for the next wave. We've had we've had the the battle royale. I'm ready for the next wave of like this is popular. Is now. Fortnite a battle royale anymore though, or is it just a like it's a zone in which every type of game mode in the world like didn't they just add like a crazy taxi style game mode to it it's like just a hub in which people can play multiple different types of things with star wars skins i don't know seems like it's gonna maybe stick around for a while do you guys ever think that um complicated historical strategy games will become the the normal lowest common denominator mainstream mcdonald's I'm going to go on record and say it's never going to happen. <laughs> I will say, though, I did see a lot of Crusader Kings tweets because of Xbox Game Pass. Like, a lot of people saw mm-hmm. that some people were playing it through Game Pass. Those people who like me who are half-tempted then dipped in and then tweeted about it. And people who were not interested in Crusader Kings dived in as well because it's free on Xbox Game Pass. That was is- a pretty smart move, I think. It is crazy seeing this much social media thirst. For a paradox grand strategy game. I mean, they sold millions of Crusader Kings 2. It's just, yeah, it's still pretty niche. Yeah. This one doesn't feel nearly as niche. Like, like we've talked a bit about the interface and how much easier it is to get into this one than 
than the older ones, but like the reception, the way people talk about it, the kind of people talking about it, like it seems like they're a little notch closer to the mainstream. I mean, the game has a, it has a 9.8 average. Damn. Damn. That's, that's really good. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, is it that good? Am I just missing out? It has 8,217 very positive reviews already. Holy on shit. I'm we got to get sucked out. in. We got to keep playing until the suck happens. Maybe, maybe I'll I, just I feel it. I'm like at the peripheral of it. Yeah. 91 on Metacritic, 10 out of 10 from IGN, a 5 out of 5 from VG247, 94% from PC Gamer. I feel like it's just one of those, are right? out right now. That's not bad. They are. Like, they Wasteland are. 3 was like getting yeah. good reviews. Yeah, 100, yeah 100%. And, 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 and all I think these it's are like thing, $5. Right? All of this is $5. Like in a month, you can play these games. It's like that thing, right? It's just that if you're into those things and you can see it, and you play a lot of different types of this game, you can just see that this game has that quality that steps it up above. Maybe. See it. If, if, so, so like scores wise, it's more like a lower eight, but I'm, I played through another campaign of total Roy, Troy, Troidal Roy, Troy, Troidal Roy, Troy, Troy, Troidal Roy, Troy, Roy, Rob, Rob, that, Roy. That's not, that's not the actual name of it, right? Yes, that the, uh, the everything. I looked up the name because yeah, you thing. kept saying it, and it was like, "No, <laughs> this is not the name. It's like something Troy. Like Troy was mentioned like once in the in the name. Troidal Roy Troy. And it is not <laughs> Total War Troy. One of the things that that I didn't mention much in in the review is that um, Creative Assembly has worked out much more of a knack for making the different factions play differently. And then in Total War's past, I did the Odysseus campaign this past week. For the review, I played through the Agamemnon campaign twice and dabbled in some of the others for this past week, though. I thought I would like lo- load it up, finish off that that second Agamemnon campaign I was working at and then put it to bed. I ended up getting sucked down hard down a hole of the Odysseus campaign. And in the middle stages of the Odysseus campaign, some really interesting stuff happens where they want you doing a little uh, Total War strategy game version of the Odyssey, where you click and drag your your one Odysseus army to all these random ass islands that you have to stay and complete some objectives at. And you have to manage a big like 20 stack unit of um, an incredibly expensive uh, army for Odysseus there for him to survive all this while not really being able to expand in a traditional bacteria petri dish uh constantly getting bigger style contiguous empire it's such a cute interesting way of of managing an army in that game differently that still meets the 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 goal and the expectation of providing an adaptation of of the of the source material because in the source material Odysseus has this big crew of men with him all the time. He's not by himself throughout the 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 Odyssey and then they steadily dwindle down to less and less people until he finally shows up at home by himself in the very end. And in this game like you'll recruit him a crew. You'll you'll like remember, "Oh, I got that Cyclops on the island of Kefalonia several several quests back when the game was giving me an objective and They died now in this big battle I had at Troy itself years upon years later. And it feels like 
that that wonderful mixture of an RPG and a strategy game that so many of us are are loving to play and loving to make these days. I put out a positive review on a game that I started off negatively that doesn't have great scores, but I'm still just like mm. magically enchanted by this thing. I keep coming back to it and there's some genuinely fun, cute little spin on what feels like a very familiar 20-year-old comfort game style experience. And somehow that managed to pull me away from from Crusader Kings 3 for all of the sessions where where I was sitting down and trying to to give attention to both. It was still Troy that won that contest out of out of I guess familiarity with with its system over Crusader Kings. The, the the games that you know the the low score games I guess where you just it's like oh okay, oh like this... ancestors yeah it has heart it has oh, soul my uh-huh. god it's, they're it they're love it or hate it experiences I'm pretty sure Troy has a lot more to offer the world than fucking monkeys <laughs> <laughs> so if if you picked that up free when they were giving it away i would recommend giving the odysseus campaign a whirl before the agamemnon campaign i almost wish i had been playing that i a few podcasts back you'll hear me have a hard time getting into this game and i wonder if it's because i didn't start with this guy it's so interesting that you can force yourself to play fucking troy but you can't finish a fucking anime <laughs> You can because it, it, <laughs> literally it takes you less time to finish fucking Cowboy Bebop because Cowboy Bebop is legitimately more lethargic for me if I'm like sleepy and lying in bed with Cowboy Bebop on a tablet in front of me I'm looking at like two people with only their mouths on the screen going I'm saying something very well but wood wooden and robotically yes you are that is correct yes wooden and robotically but if i'm like playing something that's engaging my brain i don't want to go to bed i get sucked down the sunken cost fallacy and and end up blinking and and an hour has passed before i know it like it's got i i it's got to do with my sleepiness threshold and how active of an experience it is like man going back decades a core problem of being me not a feature is how much harder of a time I I have getting into visual passive media in general. Movies and TV have always like put me to sleep compared to a shitty game. <laughs> it, it's funny because like I haven't been like necessarily watching a lot of stuff on Netflix, but when I go to sleep or try to go to sleep, I watch Hannibal. <laughs> anyone no none of you guys watch of course none of you guys watch the stuff i watch and and that 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 like gets you in the mood before sleep in in bed yeah it really puts you in the mood murder murder really beautiful murder actually in hannibal you know you got some uh mads um what's his name mads what Nicholson. that's why i want to watch it from death stranding not from death 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 stranding He, what else was he in? Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, an amazing um, a Danish film about a, a pedophile who is wrongly accused who is not a pedophile. He's in a lot of amazing uh, look films. Look how me and Liam said it in unison. It's like, 
It's like, no, fucking Death Stranding is like the lowest bar. Um, like, like, (laughs) yeah, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know who any of these fuckers were until Death Stranding happened. You didn't know who Norman Reedus was. No, how was I supposed to know who Norman Reedus was? I don't watch ABC's The Walking Dead every weeknight at six. I don't have cable. I don't. I just explained why I will gladly stay up playing hours upon hours of a mediocre game far easier than I will stay up watching hours upon hours of a good thing. You're in the critical, like, cultural zeitgeist, right? You, you gotta at least in passing understand who these people are, especially Mads Mikkelsen. The internet adores Mads Mikkelsen. But he I doesn't less, watch stuff, though. I knew less about Mads Mikkelsen than I knew about Norman Reedus. Like, with Norman Reedus, I at least recognized the name of the thing he was from, The Walking Dead. What's Mad Mickelson from again? Casino Royale. Yeah, Casino, Casino that's the James Bond thing, right? Right? Yeah. How was so I was, supposed to remember a James Bond villain from, like, 20 years ago? Did you watch Rogue One, the Star Wars movie? Yeah, I did. Who was he in Rogue One? He's the main character's dad. The main character's dad showed up for, like, five minutes and died in the beginning, if I remember correctly. No, he doesn't. And he he's the guy who built the Death Star. Come on. Well, Fucking d- Mads Mikkelsen built the Death Star. Built okay. the Death okay. Star. G- give, give me some credit here. To be fair, when actors play roles, they, you know, like put on some makeup and, and have different voices. And sometimes you can be totally confused and you'll never even know it was the actor. Okay. Well, yeah. Hannibal. We'll leave. We'll put the, we'll put that one to one side. <laughs> Hannibal is is not perfect, but it is fun to watch. It's like it's not like I'm I'm not saying like it's bad or anything like that. Um it's it's pretty good. But it does it feels it feels like a, a show. Like like if you were to watch uh um any of those kind of crime shows, you know, where there's like mm-hmm. a villain of the week, it doesn't do it all the time, but it sometimes yeah. feels that way. And okay. the story gets kind of pushed in uh, forward in weird d- directions sometimes because of that. But like, it's it's a good show. It's a good show. It's definitely I'm on season two right now because it got so intense at the end of season one I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> I literally would not go to sleep. <laughs> I was just like, is is one of those is one of those shows that grips you where you just like I need to know. But but sometimes it's like a Dragon Ball Z you know span of five episodes where the guy's mm. just charging up for five episodes and you're like just just fucking <laughs> Hannibal's just, just preparing fucking, a, preparing yeah. a dinner for uh, five episodes yeah preparing a dinner for five episodes that's exactly what it is it's it's, it's actually that exactly <laughs> <laughs> Trying if you to don't get the joke, him, Hannibal likes to eat people. <laughs> if you haven't watched the movies, he does indeed. <laughs> Trying to imagine him swirling a wine glass at the dinner table while charging up his power level is just like a fantastic visual image. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. waiting for his oven to ding. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Had another exciting episode. On Hannibal. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't exactly roll off as easy as Dragon Ball Z. Last week's episode, Hannibal prepared a sautéed steak featuring a man's arm. In this week's episode, will we see him eat it? Wait (laughs) and find out.
Yeah, it's it's no Ozark, is what I'm saying. Like where it's just like it, you know, it's just oh, it's just a deep, a deep fucking show where it gets it could get really adult. You know, like I don't know. I, uh, I just I, I absolutely positively want to see Hannibal like eating dinner to Dragon Ball Z editing with like five second long shots oh of the God. camera on his like face changes. Oh, he, there's uh, a, he, he, the way he prepares food is almost anime style, you know, ooh. you know how everything. Oh, does it I, make you hungry? Mm. Mm. Maybe George should watch it. Yeah. I don't think George, <laughs> the thing is, I say that all the time is that I don't think George will be into it. Like, but I think, I think what I'm really saying is I don't think George watches this shit in general. <laughs> I don't think George watches. Is it? Am I wrong? I'm. I'm no. Can you? Yeah. No, you see. Know. Yeah. We've talked about this in the Discord. Um, did you guys know I can get you a year of Curiosity Stream at 26% off? And- <laughs> oh I literally, I am the weirdo who watches documentaries instead of normie That's not bad, bullshit. At least documentaries yeah, are Yeah, no, give me a break. Bad. My God, I'm so sorry I spent this week actually watching the, the PBS Frontline on Jesus and early Christians, I, but do you guys want to I talk about that? No? Garbage YouTubers. That's what I do. Oh my god. Just Yeah. Well, we're here, aren't we? That's all I do. So is that uh, it, boys? That's what? it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, well th- there you go. Steven Spielberg's futuristic thriller, Minority Report, explodes onto all next-gen gaming systems. John Anderton is back in 40 levels of non-stop action and adventure with high-tech weapons and devices straight out of the movie. From the creators of the Spider-Man video game, Minority Report. Buy it today. Rated T for Teen. Yeah, news this week is also going to be a little, little awkward to talk about because... um. Uh, mostly positive stories happened. Yeah, good yes, things. Yes, and also in George's most unfavorite, but Matt's favorite, uh, they are bare bones. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting a uh, graphics update for for Witcher Three on next gen consoles. The Avengers game release not not great reviews. Um, oh no, middling three. 3D All Stars exists. I I don't know how jazzed anyone, any human, can possibly be about 3D All Stars. Yeah, it's fine. It, it exists now. I don't know if anyone was surprised. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean people aren't jazzed. <laughs> I am for one jazzed. I'll have you know. How is the there to be okay? Okay, like, but of all. I get that it's fine, that it's good, that the world is better instead of worse that it's out there, but please tell me how you're jazzed about it. Like, when I think of jazz, I think of a level of emotional intensity that is certainly higher than Super Mario 3D All-Stars released on the Switch this week. I Not there's... this week. Two weeks from now. Oh, I thought it was already out. The, nope. The thing that, the tweet that you linked is... Is the video of Mario Sunshine is that is that the upgrade? It's a resolution change. It's I don't think it's a texture update. Oh, 
because I like Mario and I like Galaxy and I want to play Galaxy again. And I also want to give Sunshine a fair stab and just see how god awful the camera is. And also Super Mario 64, being able to play it anytime. Yes, price is expensive. And yes, the limited nature of this title is fucking dumb as hell. I don't, that, that obviously was some scarcity making dumb board executive decision that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, this Nintendo tax is, uh, is, is infamously shitty. Everyone knows we've been here before. I just, when I think of jazz, I think of a happy, warm smile on a child's But that's what face. these games give to people. Like, you look at Sunshine and you're like, God damn, I could spend hours in that world. It's gorgeous. Yes, I think... I think it's just the fact that it's 3D All-Stars, you know? It shows that Mario has progressed in his life. You know, we had All-Stars collection, and now we have the 3D version of that. Now we have 3D All-Stars. I, it is weird that Galaxy 2 is not in it. That is weird. Um, supposedly it was, and I, I think they just couldn't get it working for whatever reason. That's good, because... Galaxy 2 is arguably the better game, but Galaxy 1 is the one with all the personality. So Do you do you know how controller scheme works for Galaxy if you are not using a Joy-Con or cuz they they wanted you doing a lot of pointing in that game with the wands. Uh, yeah, you do it with the Joy-Cons. Yeah, but what what do you do when you have your Pro controller plugged in or something like that? Pro controllers have the gyroscopes, right? So I think you can. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure they far. did. I think they did do a video, or there was a photo explaining it. I I, uh, I I I I finally remember my time playing it with mouse and keyboard on an emulator. That was a fun time. But also, happy birthday, Mario! Happy birthday, my friend! You've the reason I'm in Japan and make games. I love you dearly, no matter what George says. Happy <laughs> 35th birthday, you old yeah, For coot. a second, I thought you were talking about my birthday, but everyone forgot. Anyways, moving on. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, so, um, NVIDIA is, is making some new graphics cards. They're real big and powerful and expensive. They're not expensive. That's actually cheap. This is another thing, though, right? Like, it's not expensive. Wait, you think that's not expensive? It's not expensive. No. Are you they, fucking they kidding me? They could have jacked up the price. They're, the tiers here? There's a $500 tier, a $700 tier, and then a $1,500 tier? That's not expensive to you? No, the, 50, the $1,500 tier is the Titan. It's always been expensive. It's always been expensive. That is just the price of it. Has it ever been $1,500, though? It's oh the the th the thirty seventy has always been five hundred dollars. The thirty seventy super right now you can get under five hundred dollars, and this is extreme. Well, according to them, this is a huge jump, a huge jump. That the thirty seventy is going to be over is going to be about the same as like a twenty a twenty eighty ti. That's a huge jump, a massive jump. So I say. I, I, then they're not pricing them too bad. They're like pricing them the same, and they're ahead. The AMD is nowhere close, no close, no closer to them at all. Unless you're in Japan, and the prices are double. Oh Jesus, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Double? The, uh, yeah, around about yeah. There was a oh my god, a Japanese version of the shot, and it was. Typical Japanese inflation, massive. Nobody's going to buy them. 
Oh my god. But we saw I mean, gaming nope. computers in Japan last time we were there. It seemed yeah, like and do you know how expensive they are for together. what you get? You get nothing. Do not buy computers in Japan is bottom you, line. You might as well just like have someone send it. Yeah, have someone have send someone it. build one and have someone send it over. You'll it'll cost you like two hundred dollars extra to ship it over, and it still would have saved you about three hundred dollars. Put that shit in a pelican Why? case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking this up now. People on Reset Error are complaining about the Japanese prices of these things. I wonder why. Like, like, what, what is it that costs that much money to mail a bunch of parts made in, uh, you know, by wage slaves in China to to uh, Japan instead of the states? I don't know. It's it's fucked. I mean, I'm not gonna get one anyway. But I was hoping the prices of like. The other ones are good because I've only got a 970 and I feel like I need to upgrade. Oh, 970? My 1060 feels fine right now. A GTX 970. Boy, give me, send me some money. I'll send it to you. Send, I'll send you one of these things when it comes out. Comes out this this month. I, I don't mind <sighs> shipping like, shit. It's a bit overkill because even the 970 I'm using now, like, literally runs everything. This this might be something I might wait a couple years on. This seems more like the baseline for like the next generation of of getting a notch above the console experience on the PC side of things, like usual. Mm. Reminds me of when they uh, first announced the the eight thousand series, and it was five hundred dollars at the time, which I thought was really expensive. It does shock me seeing that they're announcing a new generation lineup at. <laughs> Fucking $700, the mid-tier one? What? Anyways. They're not going to drop the price. Why would they drop the price? They have no reason to drop the price. Once that Ethereum shit happened um, in Bitcoin, it, the price went yeah, up. Yeah, it's so it much more expensive up. than it used to be. It stayed up. It's, it's it was not, not always like that. Yeah. It, 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 I remember it, when the Titan was announced, that was when the threshold, I think, was broken and we started seeing $1,000 for a GPU. That was when the Titan. When the Titan happened, I think everything changed. It, no, no, no. This is during Bitcoin. This is why the prices are up. No, no. I, 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 know, I know what you guys both are talking about. Liam's talking about the, the announcement and release of the Titan broke a $1,000 threshold for mainstream oh, saying. consumer like, cards yeah. that weren't like CGI graphics render cards. Mm, yeah, so. yeah. Matt's talking about how the cryptocurrency bubble impacted the pricing of hardware for yes. a good year. It stayed that way. Yo, you know, before coronavirus, that was like a sobering reminder that crazy fiascos in the world can make things unexpectedly more expensive. And now it feels like such a, a genuinely laughable, petty concern. Oh no, the, the, a, a drive in mining cryptocurrency is increasing the price of um, silicon chips manufactured in Asian countries. Seems like such a petty concern compared to, oh no, old people getting sick and dying will impact the supply chain of everything from toilet paper to restaurants and your whole world is going to change forever. Wait, old people work in restaurants? Oh, the cooks. Eh, sometimes, the cooks, man. The cooks. Yeah. Oh, you, you mean growing trees oh, okay, out there. Okay, when you it's say old people, you're thinking about like 50 above or something like that. I don't, I don't really, I feel like old, when I hear old, I hear like 80. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah, significantly older. And I can't imagine an eighty person, uh, eighty year old person working in in a restaurant, unless they could they throw down in the cook. 
uh, just a quick update for you uh, and Jazz. The uh, highest selling video game uh, on uh, Amazon, bestseller of 2020 that isn't Animal Crossing, uh, is uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Oh, fucking course it would be. <laughs> please, please continue. Could you imagine an, an 80-year-old Rami Ismail and, and Jan Nijman still still churning away at, at JWP little crunchy 2D pixel art games made by a studio called Vlambeer? Pretty interesting decision-making on their behalf. They are the... I don't want to say they're daddies, but I I want to say they are what helped shape. There is no doubt you can talk about the indie world as it is in this form factor um, without the influence of a studio like Vlambeer or what they were doing. What did they do? Because I, I have no idea. They did uh, Lift Rouses, Ridiculous Fishing, uh, Nuclear Throne. Nuclear Throne is what I've heard Super of. Super Crate Box. Yeah. Nothing else, though. That's interesting. That's the thing is a lot of people don't realize, I mean, they've been around for 10 years, but they've just been collecting profit because they haven't made a game in five years apart from a new one called Ultrabooks that isn't out yet. Yeah, they're fine. It kind of makes sense. It does because it's it's well known that Rami and JWP don't like working together. They like each other. They just don't like working together. That's why they've not made a game together in five years. And that's why JWP made Minute and Disc Room with a different team. Um, it It... Entire, I think they were just waiting for it to strike 10, to be honest. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, the profit's still going to go to the both of them somehow. It's so I think it's entirely fine. Um, but it, it shows, I think it's a milestone in indie world. It shows that 10 years, over the past 10 years, how much has changed since 2010. Oh, man. Doesn't feel that long ago, but it's 10 years ago. 10 um, years ago. <laughs> About where we were and where we are, right? And yeah. it's studios like this and Team Meat and Finji and a couple of others that have been staples that have helped shape what we're in now and has helped create a space where now we have hundreds, of, if not thousands, of indie studio teams and stuff. It's so weird that when I look at this Vlambeer logo, I I picture, I imagine the smell of congregate flash games. And those in 2020 feel like true artifacts of, of an internet gone by. But that's how a lot of developers like Rami Ismail cut their teeth was on um, congregate flash games like Don't Shit Your Pants. Also, so much of what Rami does nowadays is not in game releases themselves like there's this huge that's that's the thing right like Rami's focus is I'm sure Rami wants to continue making games but it's very clear that his focus is elsewhere and he's very good at that um, but JWP just wants to make games right and um, he's doing it but he's making it with a different team so instead of waiting around for you know Rami to make another game just do do something else so much of what Vlambeer has done is about the infrastructure and business of indie games, not necessarily the development of the games themselves. So like, yeah, I get it. Matt, you said that you didn't recognize the name at first glance, but you would probably when when looking up the press release and contact information for like any indie game out there, they made the back end called Press Kit for um, a, a lot of behind the scenes business stuff that goes on and and oh. journalism and reporting like like this database of contact information 
for game developers and publishers that makes it a super easy, attractive web page builder type program. But for indie games trying to get found, like you'd be surprised at how much of of the back end is made by Vlambeer is is what I guess I'm trying to get across. Mm, okay. well, specifically Rami, isn't it? With yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? Oh, okay. He's part of that group. Yeah. That cult. Yeah, him and yeah. him and Jan. No, they were, uh, you know, I played Nuclear Throne for the uh, Racial Injustice Humble Bundle um, again. And I had oh, a great, it's in there. Ooh, a great time. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. It's a really good example of good game feel. To be honest, uh, I have not level. checked it. I have not. It is good shit. It's a roguelike, so. Yeah, I have not checked the the bundle. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. No. Okay. I would check the bundle. I was just like, oh, because everyone's yeah. played Nuclear Throne. I think anybody who works in indie or has tangentially associated knew that this was kind of the outcome for Vlambeer anyway, and it was coming. Um, but you know, it's just a milestone that we put down, and we're like, wow, look at where we are now. Um, mm. It's crazy. Rami's really nice, by the way. <laughs> Remy gets a lot of shit, but he, he's he's the a good nice major. guy. Leo Leo has to do it. Leo, <laughs> I've interviewed Remy like three times. And we went out for dinner at Pax last year. He's a nice guy. Oh, like okay. he gets a lot of shit on Twitter. Like of course, like everybody sees it. Open day, he gets a lot of shit. And sometimes, you know, he doesn't help himself. He steps into arguments and then they go out. But he's really trying to do <laughs> some stuff, and a lot of people don't like. That he is who he is, and he gets a lot of shit. But he's generally just a very nice guy, and he's very helpful, and he will give people the time of day all the time, which is kind of rare when you got two hundred thousand followers on Twitter or whatever the hell he has now. So no, he's a good guy. Yeah, I don't envy his travel schedule or how much his phone is always blowing up. Yeah, got. I've got an interesting story one day about that exact thing you just said. Yeah, I got I got Rammy stories too, but I'm not going to tell them. Instead, I'm going to talk about our listener <laughs> questions. If you have any positive or negative stories that did not happen in your life that you want to share with us and make us believe that they did, send them to Dad and Sons Podcast at Gmail dot com. Oh man! <laughs> or join the I'm or join the, mood the Discord. Now, man. I'm in the mood now. <laughs> fucking, fucking Liam's story, man. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right, all right. Hold, hold up, hold up. Keep it in your pants. Um, suppress the urges for a hot minute, because for right now, we're gonna be talking about moods we don't want to be in. Oh, um, Scooby asks, "Dear dads and/or sons, <laughs> I have a phobia of deep water that occasionally gets in the way of me being able to play games. The most obvious example being Subnautica." Do you guys have any phobias or personal hangups that get in the way of your gaming? Lots of mm, love, Scooby. That's interesting. I didn't know that would translate to video games. Oh, it happens. I guess uh, how, like uh, there was the grounded thing, right? Yeah, the spiders. yeah. It has a arachnophobia mode that turns them into <laughs> like fuzzy bear mammal type <laughs> creatures. Let me actually look up and describe with my mouth what they look like. Well, well, I don't have a phobia, or per- I, Neither, but personal yeah. hangup is a lot of Valve games have a weird motion blur for the Source engine that makes me feel motion sick. Like Half Life Two on certain mm. settings makes me motion sick, and I'm like, Ooh. 
and that and that in my head when I go to play a Valve game is always there. So I'm always slightly hesitant. But that's not a phobia. That's just a p- no. Don't don't play a- Alex or <laughs> don't play that. But I did play it. So that's the thing is I would worry about Alex because one, well, you did play yeah, that's Valve right. game. Yeah, you finished two, it. Team VR, but actually it was okay because the motion blur is kind of I'm in control of it, right? Yeah. Whereas when you're looking at a screen, a lot of things happening that. Yeah, Half-Life 2 made me sick the first time I played it really badly. Uh, that's why they got to turn that shit off. The arachnophobia mode in Grounded takes away the spider's legs and turns the spider's body into a perfectly spherical gore edge, like shaded <laughs> solid color. I don't want to call it a texture, but you know, like like a sphere with a shading cast across one side. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll post a picture on uh, our Discord and the, the well, description. So but I, anyways. I don't have any phobias, so nothing really stops me. Me neither. Other than yeah. a boring ass game. <laughs> I was just going to joke I and say, can George play games boring. that require him to watch stuff? Because he has a distinct phobia of watching things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's an attention span thing. Um, I think I have a bad one, and it's something that 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 gets employed a lot that I have definitely noticed me hardening up to over the years, but still get a soft spot for. And that is just plain good old classic body horror and gore oh. stuff. I like um, that in video games. You don't honest. like gore? No, no. Like I, I feel like I like it because it grosses me out. That it's getting the point done. Fuck, fucking Gears of War is just like my shit. There's the scene in Resident Evil 7 where, where your guy's in some jigsaw puzzle situation and he has to dig a key out of a guy's guts. And the VR version of that <laughs> was like, I, I, I felt my skin tingle. Like, if, it, if it's done well, like, there's some scenes in Dark Souls 1 that, that do stuff with, like, emaciated wet bodies on the ground that are forming the ground. It's, like, especially disfiguringly cruel and intense I, I can stomach any regular old ordinary video game violence fairly well but if there's like body horror and gore that's used fairly well like i i think it does get me more than most people mm. like ever since i was a kid i, I couldn't play games with zombies in it because it makes me think of what i'm made out of and how <laughs> how, how it could all just come falling <laughs> apart any second you know <laughs> Like, uh, some of the monster designs in Hunt Showdown do that really well, especially the hive ladies who have their chest, like, bursted out. It's, it's really? like body horror relating to, to anxiety and feelings of bloatingness, and, and there's this whole femininity pregnancy aspect you to it. You definitely can't watch Hannibal, man. I mean, there's some scenes in there that's just like, ooh, like, you get to see the inside <laughs> of the body, uh, George. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure I would, and I would appreciate it. I just feel like I would get more grossed out than the rest of you guys. Yeah. Like someone taking out someone's uh, uh, organs while I they're still never, alive. I could never be a surgeon. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think yeah. that, that's, that's, that's an interesting. Like, in, in a video game, I'm fine. But I think I could... I know I would be okay of seeing something bloody or, or gory in real life and be able to stomach it but to do it as a job is something a little bit different i don't think i'll be able to do that in real life like be 
a surgeon, like you said. Like I, I, I don't know if I could do thing. that. And, but I love gore on the screen, though. I love gore on the screen. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think TV I hate more than I. No, I dislike it more maybe than yeah. in games. Like Mortal Kombat, I think is hilarious, right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Doom is hilarious. Like the, yeah, when it's Doom, funny, Doom's like, Doom isn't humans, right? Like I right. think that's the difference. But it's still like comedically over the top. Like like they were never really trying to scare anyone. But they have gotten a lot more realistic as uh, 4K <laughs> graphics have come out, and they're you know they're going full on very creative with how yeah. they kill people. And I think that's why. Like the the viol I, I was just saying they never really scared anyone, but there totally were parents in the nineties who were scared by by Doom and Mortal Kombat. But if you watch them nowadays, they're funny. It looks like scribbles. It's yeah. uh it's a completely different feeling than what what I think me like like and Matt were describing with, with body horror. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to say where the line is, but there definitely is a line because like I'll I'll play violent video games, mowing down hundreds of people, and and I'll. It it could be presentation about it as well, like just how they present the gore. But yeah. I will never watch like real footage on a screen of a real person getting hurt like that. Yeah, that does cross the line with that me. I don't do that with me as well. I'm not. I'm not curious. I know and a lot of people tend very to be curious nowadays. Me, I'm not. In 2020, you ain't curious. You're the weird one. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, that that's the stuff that that creeps me out. It's not a phobia, yeah. but it it does creep me out. So like you back in the day yeah. when we were young and everyone, you know, there was just shady websites people used to go on on your on your dial up um, and rotten.com. Yeah, I still sometimes get dragged into doing that. Oh, oh, wait. Wait, Liam, like your job or friends or whatever, they'll send you some rotten.com fucking video. Yeah, no, watch. but more like morbid, morbid curiosity if a tragic world event happens or some sort of thing happens, oh. especially you remember like the, the, the ISIL beheadings oh. and stuff like oh, that. Oh, no, no, um, no, no, no. I'm no, good. no, that you're just letting the terrorists win. I'm good. I highly do not ever recommend. I don't. I don't think I would do it now, but definitely when I was in university, morbid curiosity. I didn't like it. It's just that my brain compelled me to look. Yeah. And morbid curiosity yeah. got the better of me on all of those occasions, and it fills you not with anxiety or dread. It just it's sad. It's really depressing to oh, see man. anything like that, and just don't do it. Just don't. Don't. The line between sadness and like ugh, gross is such a harsh wake up call of a line. It's hard to be watching a video and being like, that is the point in which a real human being lost their life. That yeah. is a, a weird, hard yeah. thing to comprehend. They're alive when you scroll back in the video and then they're, they're, they're dead when you like that is, yeah. Enough, enough said on that. Anyway, it's uh, rough. There's, there's completely different feels between the soft M, the hard M, and then the like sad misery porn horror gore, and then like the actual real shit that that carries an incredible amount of material consequence all over the world. I, 
Yeah, trying trying to describe what crossing either of those lines feel like is is hard and uncomfortable, but that that is what gets me. Like like I have I have a really hard time sometimes stomaching scenes of of blood and guts if the presentation is is visceral enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rick the Nick has a fun one that that should last us a while on our way out of here. If you had to give a 45 minute TED talk on any subject of your choice that wasn't related to video games, what would the topic be and what would be some of the stuff you'd say in it? Oh, I, I, I mm. know I would, I would probably go for anything with human behavior. Just, just regular human behavior that people just, um, that people deal with on a daily basis, I think. I think that that's what excites me. And I would be passionate to talk about that. Could you could you be more specific? Uh fucking fucking like I mean, it could I would probably do it in a funny way. I would probably do it in a way like Seinfeld. Everyone has watched Seinfeld. That's a good example. <laughs> right, 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 right. Regular situations. No- <laughs> oh no. I'm British. I'm British. That's my excuse. Seinfeld was not a thing in the UK. I, I have a feeling that, that whenever you see it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah. You'll yes. be like, it, oh, oh, I know that meme. I know that yeah. GIF. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't know how I would do it because I don't know if I would, <laughs> I would do a TED Talk, but like it, I, f- I would find it interesting to probably do like uh, something because I, I know there's, there's TED Talks out there that do stuff like this, uh, but like just a regular situation and probably diving deep into that for no reason at all <laughs> you know just a regular just i don't know um um uh let's see what's the situation that's happened recently it's it's hard to think oh my god which one uh corona post office defunding uh police defunding no 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 no, no. see nothing i don't do like that that's the, the serious stuff like that, yeah, yeah, I leave it up to the to the people who are way smarter than me. Like I would have to, I mean, yeah, like I I don't know how defunding the police and then how that would work into society. I don't know all these things because I don't know politics like that, you know. So I'm not gonna you say I'm not gonna talk case. about stuff like that. Yeah, it, it would be more. It would be more just like an uncomfortable probably situation where. You know, uh, I, I don't know anything. It could be the post office. I, I can't really think of anything right now, but like just anything weird that has happened to you in your life and saying that, oh, that was awkward. You know, I like those situations and I like seeing them. It's kind of like curb your enthusiasm, you know, you know, but awkward yeah. situations, awkward situations. Yeah. Hmm. I've, I've, I've just thought of what mine would be. What? What? So I think the easiest answer would be that I could give a TED talk about living in Japan as a foreigner. I mean, that's the easy go-to, right? Yeah. Right, right. Fuck that. That's boring. Very specifically, I'll be an Avin an Avin Gen What? An evangelist. There we go. That's the word I want to say. An evangelist about my TED talk would be a forty-five minute TED talk about how karaoke is the greatest pastime for drinking with friends you can ever do and that we need to introduce it to the west in the way it was in japan and i would take 45 minutes to get everybody in the audience hammered very quickly 
And then secondly, put on the easiest go-to karaoke song. So everybody, like 90% of the audience would know them. And then it, it would just be singing for 45 minutes. And then one person would try a Japanese song and butcher it. Then another person would sing it really well. And then we'd sing Aladdin, Prince Ali. <laughs> and then everybody would go home feeling really happy. And they would be convinced that karaoke is one of the best social experiences you can have with friends. And I would just do that. Sounds good. What kind of graphics would your talk have? Karaoke lyrics. Mm. <laughs> so, like, the actual TED talk, you could sing along to the actual I would TED wheel talk. Out, with the... Yeah, I would wheel out a karaoke machine for sure. Every... <laughs> that's 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 damn good like, acting. This one's you. for all the dads out there, and it'd be like Bon Jovi kicks in. You're not there. Oh, heaven in a place on earth. And that's it. I'd win. I think the place on earth would be right there in the auditorium room and in, in your TED talk. It'd be the most watched TED talk on their YouTube channel, getting everybody drunk and making them sing songs. I've successfully done what I went out to do. Mine is depressing and easy, and I don't no know if doubt. anyone is going to be shocked is it at history? the answer. It's history. It's very, the very, very recent history of how incredibly precisely identifiably wrong everything went from the rise of social media on the internet and onwards. I would love to see you on the stage, dude. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, just losing I've your mind. I've seen George once on the stage presenting an award. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been on stage a couple times. The thing that really weirds me out is that when you're on a professional stage in a dark room with lights on you you don't get to see what the crowd looks like at all yeah yeah it's all blacked out by the lights and i would be up there uh with some very helpful charts i would have a um, blazer and a small bottle of water in one hand that i would put on the podium take a sip from and then put down as i wave my arms explaining why the world all went to hell starting around 2012 and onwards when 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 old people discovered Facebook and the culture wars bled over into video games and then a generation of kids grew up on this and then uh, a few years later that those teenagers are then turning into Republican voters who have now deeply entrenched lifestyles of uh, conservative mentalities and, and voting habits that might stay with them for their entire lives, which also means ours. Now we're going to have to deal with that forever. Uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> but um, that's a topic that is something that I find myself unable to think about throughout most waking moments of my existence. So being able to get it out, get all that bottled rage out for a for serious... For it to then only be spread through social media and prove the point even stronger. Yeah, the existential crisis of, of doing your job in this shit is like a, an Ouroboros of shame. It just never stops eating itself and pooping out even worse things. Of, of, of shame eating shame and pooping out shame. It's, 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 it's such a shameful existence of a shameful time, and I, I feel like a shameful person for it. That's what my TED Talk would be about. It was about how the internet ruined everything <laughs> by creating... A, a generation who lives, breathes, and eats and shits shame. Jesus. All in front of everyone, out in the open, 
together. What a way to end. I mean, it's already out in the open now, George, right now. Yeah, I was going to say, every week is basically your TED Talk. Yeah. (laughs) This definitely goes on for longer than 45 minutes, come to think of it. We're an hour and 48 minutes. Yeah, but everybody tuned out 45 minutes in, so (laughs) we've just been talking to ourselves for the last hour and 50. Do people not listen to the news? <laughs> they we've done the data. They actually do. And they say they hate it, but they do. And then the next question later, they say they'll love it. That's what I'm asking Liam. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, Liam, you've seen the numbers. You've, the you've data, seen the, the data. data is in, the data is inconclusive. <laughs> no, it wasn't. We all wrote about the data. Uh, yeah, people love to hear about China. 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 We had no China news this week. No China news this week. That's how that's how you know it's a better news week than 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 the usual. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. I think we're at a good point to call it. I'll just say that. I, I feel so like too. I feel like that's a good way to to say that it's a good point to maybe make a good segue into giving it a good call. <laughs> I think so too. Uh and just be, just before we bounce out of here, I just wanted to uh do, Matt, do, do, you, do you think it's good? Yeah, is it a good time? Are we are we are we trying to agree if we should end the podcast right now? Is yeah, like, oh yeah. I, th- I think we should unanimously agree. Actually, oh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I disagree because I have something to what? say. What? I'm gonna follow in the footsteps of my idol, Matt Visual. Wait, what? And promote what something on oh, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. as the cool. notorious non-promoter. That's such bullshit. <laughs> um, by the time you hear this, a week from whenever this goes live on next weekend, but the next episode after won't be out in time. Saturday the 19th at 1 p.m. PDT, PAX 2 stream. Hell yeah. Dan is doing a PAX panel. PAX is online this year, yeah, and there's Ow. hundreds of panels happening. Uh, over nine days, but in a prime 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. PDT slot, I will be hosting and being a part of the worst video game adaptations ever that we can think of. And it'll be myself and it'll be my lovely friend Zelvia Nelson Jr., the writer of Hypnospace Outlaw and the oh, soon to be coming yeah. Alien Dog Airport. Uh, game <laughs> and he's done everything else because that guy's a genius alongside mike drucker writer for famous comedy shows and also previous writer of nintendo and daniela radford uh writer for wonderful movie-based websites and then finally we will have dan hernandez who is the screenwriter of the detective pikachu movie jesus Whoa. christ working with us to come up with the most dumb ass video game adaptations to TV and movie we can possibly ever think of. That's going to be PAX 2, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. PDT, which is California time. It'll be 5 a.m. for me in Japan. It's live, not a pre-recorded show like a lot of PAX stuff this year. It's live. We're doing it live. So come throw your terrible TV video game ideas at us. Banjo-Kazooie, played by Brad Pitt. I'm in there. We're going to do it. Okay? That's it. Done. Promotion over. Go to Matt's stream, twitch.com forward slash Matt Visual. Do oh my it. God. Be there. <laughs> Subscribe to Super Bunny Hop.
Join the Discord. George, go pee. <laughs> well, let's end this episode. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs>